Dog Entrepreneur Podcast, where we bring good business to light. In today's episode, I want to introduce you to my dear friend, Tina Madden. Tina has had quite a few interesting life experiences. She has an open book, always open and eager to share. Many would know Tina from the very first Caesar Milan, The Dog Whisperer, TV show, episode one, where she was seeking help for her troubled, to put it lightly, rescued dog Nunu, the killer chihuahua. This reply to a Craigslist ad forever changed Tina's life. That response led to Tina meeting with Caesar, getting help for her dog, and eventually working with Caesar at his famed Dog Psychology Center in South Central Los Angeles. Tina has traveled the world, met amazing people, and recently has taken over a band here in LA. She's a real rocker. Her perspective on business, dogs, and people always makes me think. Let's meet Tina. It's kind of weird that we're here for business. <laughs> we really just hang out. Right? <laughs> we go paddleboarding, you know, stuff like that. But today we're talking about business. I'm having the wonderful Tina Madden on the show today. And uh, Tina has an interesting specialty, a great story. I'm sure a lot of people will know her already from the famous Nunu. And we're just going to jump right into it. So, uh, Tina, say hello to everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Really and happy you're here. Awesome. And Tina has a wonderful group walking and dog walking service uh, here in L.A. Let's let's start. Like, how, how did it start? I mean, everybody has their journey into dogs. You're working at a vet clinic. Was that the beginning? Or? The, the beginning was I didn't want to, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I read a book that kind of guided you along the way of what you wanted to do. And it made you say five things if you could do every day if money wasn't an issue. And my first thing was I'd go to the dog park and watch dogs play all day. And I thought, well, maybe I should work with dogs. I'll go work at the vet's office. First vet's office that I applied to, I got the job. And it was a Malibu Coast Vet Hospital. And... I got the job and two days in, a lady brought in a chihuahua and said, I found this dog in Latigo Canyon. I have two Great Danes, I can't keep him. And I said, I'll take him, I'll find him a home. I know people who work in rescue. He turned out to be a nasty little son of a gun. The disaster zone. And after going to trainers and vets and people telling me to put him to sleep that he was really bad I said he doesn't bite me there has to be a way I answered an ad on Craigslist that was for the Dog Whisperer show so we were the first episode filmed for Dog Whisperer oh my god that is crazy crazy all all from this lady who walks in with this what if she didn't go hiking that day like what if she had a foot injury or something I mean it's just it's just crazy when you think about it. So you had mentioned <laughs> Nunu was, did he try to bite anybody when she first brought him in? I mean, like he was okay with the, her, her or her husband? She handed him to me and he growled at me a little bit, but I just took him and walked away. I thought he was just scared. I was like, whatever, he's fine. And then I was kind of carrying him around because you don't want to put him on the floor of the vet's office until he gets a checkup mm. and I was just carrying him around. And one of the vet techs came over and went to pet him and he bit him and I was like, Oh my God, this little shit. And then I started protecting him and feeling sorry for him. And I brought him home and my roommate got bit a gazillion times. And she wanted me dead and he wanted her dead. And he was four pounds. And uh, 
So anyway, then I had him, and the vet had to call me in and say, you know, you've been here two days. You can't be taking home dogs every time someone brings a dog in. And I'm like, well, there's a reason I have this dog. I don't know what it is. Answered an ad on Craigslist, went on the dog whisperer. After he came, I didn't know who he was. Nobody did. Yeah. And after he came into the house, I said to my roommate, I want to work for that guy. And a few months later, I quit my job. I was supposed to board the dog with Caesar, and I called to say I couldn't board because I quit my job and I wasn't going on my vacation. And his assistant said, you need work? And I said, yep. She said, can you do office work? I said, sure. And off I went. Wow. Okay. It's as simple as it was. It's as simple as it was. Oh, my goodness. And it just obviously all meant to be. Yeah. It was just, hey, I'm going to go work at the vet's office. So you worked there for a few years. And then you started to do your own thing. At that time, I wasn't doing my own thing. When I was at the vet's office, I was obviously at the vet's office. And then I went to work for Caesar. And while I was working for Caesar, I started taking clients on the side. He knew, but I would just charge like the lowest amount just so I could go out. And if it was a big problem, I would just refer to somebody that I knew could handle the dog. And I just started getting call after call and I was working full-time for Caesar part-time for myself and then one day Caesar decided he was going to move to Santa Clarita with the business and it was too far for me and he said you're ready to be on your own anyway aren't you and I said yeah and he said then fly be free and I Mm -hmm. said okay and off I went and I already had a full schedule because I did it that way and then little by little I've always just been By word of mouth, I was getting all the calls, you know, for all the bad dogs in the neighborhood. You got to help me. You got to help me. You got to help me. You're my last resort. I'm like, well, I'm not your last resort. You're your last resort, but I can help you. Yeah. You can can start to lead them down the path. Yes. So you were, you were getting, it's kind of funny. You had two, two interesting um, things that I think a lot of people go through when they're starting their business. The one is they're, they're trying to manage their full-time job while starting their own thing. Uh, how was that? I mean, it, you know, so you're working your normal job and then you have to answer emails and service your own clients. I mean, was it, did it wear you down? I mean, how, I was exhausted. Yeah. I actually felt like I had mono or something. I was so tired all the time, but I knew it was just because I was overworking myself, but I knew there was a means to an end. So it was worth it. And, and I, when I went on my own, I had a full schedule. I mean, I, I, and I've, that was in 2007, maybe late 2006, early 2007, and I've still not advertised once. Yeah. I just have been strictly word of mouth, and I love it. Tina doesn't even have a website. I do not have a website. You don't have a website. I have a Facebook that I'm obsessed with, <laughs> but I do not have a website. We'll get there. How to contact Tina. Um, <laughs> That's how I contacted Tina. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> I'm like, who is this crazy guy that wants to meet me for sushi? I'll email anybody. <laughs> we're all friends. Well, you were from Jersey, so I just took it. I'm like, okay, he's, he's from Jersey. Just leave your wallet he's in the car. He's got to be cool. No, I'm from Jersey. I know. He's cool. So one of the other business challenges um, you had mentioned that I thought was really fascinating was um, how to how to plan the start of it. You know, is it is it walking? Is it boarding? You know, what what are you doing? You first started getting into a lot of the training. 
um, which is much more human oriented. You're trying to coach the humans how to get their dog better, and now you've you do play groups and dog walking. But how do you balance that? How did you decide? You know what what areas you wanted to conquer? It wasn't really a decision. It kind of happened organically. And when I left Caesar, the calls were coming in for training. I was getting the worst case scenario dogs. Yet I still didn't really have the skill set to be working with the worst case scenario dogs because with Caesar, he he had the plan and I just followed the instructions. So of course, now I'm on my own and I could come up with a plan, but I was having a really hard time getting the people to follow the plan and I was getting, again, the worst case scenario dogs and you can't really help those dogs one-on-one on a daily basis. Um, no, that's not what I want to say either. You can. I wasn't having success doing that. For some reason, I couldn't get across to people how they had to change because I know that I had to change completely in order to get the dog to change. So it ended up being that I started doing more dog walking for those same dogs. And sometimes I'd get enlist a trainer to help with us so that they could work with the people because they were doing it for so long. I could take on light problems. I could take on training puppies and potty training and leash walking. But when it was a severe problem, I couldn't get the people, I couldn't get across to the people. Today I could, but now I've transitioned into more dog walking and play dates with dogs and hiking, which I've, and dog sitting, which I love. Yeah. But I do get the worst of the worst mm-hmm. sometimes. And not that they're the worst. I love them. Uh, you know, what's worse to one person to another is, I mean, totally. the more problems you have, the better I like you. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's just the way it is. So, yeah. So one of the things we had talked about is where we live in L.A. Everybody is someone. Neither one of us are anybody. Uh, some people out there are. You had mentioned that you don't have a website, so... How do I find Tina? I mean, like, why is there a purpose? Like, are you just like super lazy and don't like when the website up? Well, not really. I mean, when I first started, I had this idea I was going to have this website and I was going to do all this stuff. And then little by little, I started getting calls from higher end people who needed something a little more custom. They didn't just need your your regular daily dog walks, or they didn't just need your regular dog sitting. You have to work with their staff. You have to do this or that you can't have a rate for that because some of these dogs can't be left alone for more than a couple of hours so every time i went to do a website i'm like how do i convey that what do i say i really the calls were all coming in so i didn't really need a website and i think every once in a while sure but some of the most of the clients i have i wouldn't even put on my website because i can't yeah, and that's the, the what I was um, talk, we were talking about before that that you have to be discreet with these people because they're they're not looking. They might actually like the fact that you don't have a website. They love it. Yeah, so because they don't want people to know who their person is. <laughs> they love it. I mean, I was walking past the Beverly Hills Hotel one day, and there was a tour bus, and I had two pit bull puppies, and they were sitting really nicely waiting for everybody to get off the bus. And the one guy said, oh, my God, I'm in love with your dogs. Can I pet them? And I said, they're not my dogs. I'm their trainer. And if they come to you, yes. But you can't just run up and pet them because I'm trying to teach them to be calm around people. And he walked over. I didn't recognize the band, but they were a band. And they came over, 
and they were petting the dogs. Everything was good. And he said, oh, my God, I need help with my dog. Do you have a website I can go to? And I said, no, I'm referral only. And he went, perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping for. And right then and there was when I decided, you know what? I don't need a website. I don't even have cards. I give them my phone number. They call me. That's how it works. And by the time they get to me, it's through someone that I've already worked with. They already want to hire me. So I'm, I'm, I'm cutting out a lot of my time where I have to spend selling myself because someone else already did that for me. Am I as busy as some of the people I see out there who have websites and Yelp and all that stuff? No, I'm not. But I'm also doing a service that's a little more high end so I can charge a little more. Totally. When we get together, we do chit chat. You're you're partly running some of these households too. You know, you're dealing with the staff. You're letting people in and out. I mean, it's more than just the dog. I mean, they love their dog so much, so they want you there the whole time. But you know, it starts to bleed into other little tasks. So when you when you were coming up with your rates, did you just come up with a flat rate, or do you still tailor it? How, how much how how much do you customize it for each client? I tailor it. I you know, when someone calls me on the phone. I ask a lot of questions. I want to know where they're located. I want to know exactly what they need. What is it that you need? Because not anyone, not anyone can be a dog walker. It's not just, oh, let's go walk a bunch of dogs and we'll have a business. It's a lot of work. But you, and it's, it's, you've got these people's animals and they could hurt somebody. I don't really have a set rate because what I'm learning is a lot of people need you to do other things besides just walk their dogs or just stay at their house. And if that's the case, my rates go up. And they know that. So I'll either sit and talk to them face to face, which is what I like to do. Um, I want to meet their dogs. I want to see what I'm dealing with before I even come up with a rate. Because to say I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars and then you add five different things in that I need to do when I'm at the house every day and it puts me behind my other my other daily stuff a couple hours, I have to charge for that. Totally. Like right now I have a client who's gonna be filming at their house and they want me to be there three days in a row. Great, but you have to cover my other rates for the dogs that I see on those other days and that's just the way it has to be or otherwise I have to go do the other because again it's my business how tough was it to have that talk with people because a lot of people struggle with raising their prices I mean I did I don't know if you ever did like were you just people aren't gonna pay that like come on I'm you know I mean when you were saying like hey yeah the normal rates this plus you have to cover this did that feel weird <laughs> no mean, no not even a little because you... I I believe in self-worth yep I believe everyone should have self-worth. Charge money because you don't think you're worth it, then maybe you should find something that you feel like you're worth doing Mm. or figure out a way to have better self-worth because I spent a lifetime not thinking I was worthy. Mm. And So you were ready. You had the skills. It came easy when it it was something that I was passionate about because I know that I take really good care of people's dogs. Mm -hmm. I know that I do. Yeah. Absolutely, and they know they do, that you do too, so yes, that's why they pay. Yes. Now, one of the things, while they're gone, how about neighbors? Like, I couldn't even imagine living next to somebody that's a celebrity and, like, watching them drive out every day, you know, knowing they got security around the house. You can't see anything, and you're dying to know because you live there, right? 
do they do they bug you when you're walking by with the pot? I mean, do you even walk in the neighborhood, or how, how do you handle all that? Well, first of all, in certain, in a lot of the celebrity neighborhoods, there's other celebrities. So I do see quite a few of them, and they kind of keep to themselves. They'll wave. You know, they see me pulling out of certain driveways. They know. They'll wave. They'll say hi. But every once in a while, there's just that neighbor that wants to know everything. So where'd they go? How long are they going to be gone? Meanwhile, I'm thinking, I don't even know where they are because I don't ask. I mean, when the day of cell phones, you don't have to call hotels and ask for people. You text them or call them on their phone. So unless they tell me where they're going, I have no idea where they are. You know, and I'll have, oh, I brought you a gift from Italy. Oh, you were in Italy. I had no idea. Cool. Do you have pictures you want to share? Um, I'll ask because I'd love to see people's pictures. But again, it's just one of those things where sometimes a neighbor wants to know more than you know or you want to know. And whether I know or not, I'm in the situation right now where the neighbor asks me every time, so when are they coming back? Like, I don't know. They're like, where did they go? I have no idea. I'm actually telling the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. I have no idea where my clients are right now. Yeah. I'm staying at their house. I know how to get in touch with them, but I couldn't tell you where they were. Yeah. They, you know, they do have travel schedules. Hers hers changes a little bit more than his. His is pretty set. She sometimes doesn't go with him or comes home early. But you just got to, you, you know, I say, when are you coming home? Well, I think Friday, but I might come home Sunday. Okay, as soon as you figure it out, can you let me know? Because I have another gig starting Monday, and I just want to make sure. And I just tell people, this is why I want to know. I don't care what time you're coming home. I'm not calling TMZ. I'm, you know, because a lot of times people don't want to tell me what time their flight comes in. Well, I get why. I'm not going to call TMZ. I'm not going to have somebody waiting at the airport to take your pictures. I like my job better than I like money. Totally. I mean, I like money, obviously. We all need it. But again, it's just one of those things where it's like, just tell me when you're coming. Just as simple as I want to get my car out of the driveway so your driver can bring the car in and not have my car in the way. And, but they but they aren't thinking that way. Totally, yeah. I'm thinking convenience for them. They're thinking TMZ. Yeah. And TMZ's at the airport waiting for my client quite a bit. Yeah. it's. I see them on TMZ. And I go, oh, God. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's an interesting problem to have to think about. You know, you're trying yeah. to make their life easier and they're trying to, like, avoid, their, you know, their, their <laughs> minds totally somewhere And else. I can't understand why. I'm yeah. like, why won't you tell me when you're coming home? I just want to know. Oh, I, I, I literally... The last time I stayed there, I got up, I was making the dogs breakfast and myself breakfast, and there they were. <laughs> they walked into the kitchen, and I was like, well, good thing I put a bra on, because when did you get home? They're like, 3 a.m. Great, so you've been in the house with me the whole time. I had no idea. Fabulous. <laughs> Just zip the left, right? <laughs> That's fine with me, but you know. Good thing I didn't get up to go pee in the middle of the night. (laughs) My t-shirt. So while you're managing all these moving parts, one of the things I hear you say a lot is you don't understand what their life is like unless you live it. So I'm sure that's kind of interesting to 
be a part of? I mean, do you get more compassion for the people knowing that, you know, everybody wants to look in their trash can? I mean, is it, it's like probably overwhelming, right? They, they probably, you're like one of the few people they actually feel safe with talking and, and hanging out with. You know, it's funny because I didn't, I started to see it when I worked for Caesar, believe it or not. We'd be sitting having dinner and all of a sudden people would just walk up and be like, excuse me. And they want to talk and tell you all about their dog. And I understand why they want to do it, but he's having dinner with his friends, his family. And it was weird to me walking through airports. I would just watch how people would stare at every move we made and it was weird it was really weird to me I thought wow this is what it's like now I get it you might say oh well they make this much money and they knew what they were getting into but it's still weird to have someone staring at your every move when you're just picking up your luggage off the ground and it's like do you pick up your luggage any different than the next person I don't think so but okay Maybe there's some special way that makes you different that that's why you're a celebrity because you do something completely different. I don't know. I don't know the answer. People ring celebrities' gates and want to come in and have coffee or I think, I don't know, they want business ideas. They want you to invest in their product and whatnot. And it just, I I can't even believe it because it's out of my realm. I would never do that. When I bartended, I had an A-list celebrity at my bar that loved me, that would come in on the nights I worked, and he said, you treat me like a human. And I thought, I'm always going to treat people like a human, because they are, but also because they don't know me. We see them on TV, we know a lot about them, we can read things about them, but they don't know you. So there you are, like, yeah, I know everything about you, and... They're going, but I don't even know your name. Mm-hmm. I introduce myself to celebrities if I'm talking to them. Oh, my God. That's a great story. Tell that story about you meeting, because it's not a client, so you can mention who it was. You were on the boardwalk in Venice, and you were holding Nunu. I was walking, walking Nunu. Nunu. And in Venice, um, I don't know if she still lives there, but Angelica Houston used to have a house in Venice. And she had rescue dogs. She would walk them. And she would always say hi to me, and then one day she looked down at Nunu, and I'm going to go full on with this, and she said, and those of you who know Nunu know this, he was four pounds. Oh my God, that dog is the biggest dick I've ever seen. And then she looked at me and said, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's not the first time I've heard it. It's not going to be the last. So every day we'd say hi to each other, we would laugh, and I never thought to really say my name or anything I knew who she was and then one day she stopped to talk to a client of mine and myself walking we were walking our dogs together and I said by the way I'm Tina and this is Lisa and she shook our hands and said I'm Angelica and when she walked away my client looked at me and said didn't you know who that was and I said well of course I did but she didn't know who we were and she went oh my god you're right absolutely I said I see all these people run up and just chit chat and they think they know everything about you and it even happened to me with the dog whisperer stuff when I shared my story people were writing to me and they were like I'm gonna come stay with you for a week and mentor with you and I'm like ah, no you're not I don't know you single girl living yeah. alone like no I don't like yeah. boundaries, boundaries coming from Mexico and I'm gonna stay with you for two weeks and but I think they thought I had a facility 
Yeah. And I understood that part, but it was just funny because I thought, no, you don't even know me. I'm a jerk. <laughs> no, not really. I'm a terrible roommate. I'm a horrible yeah. roommate. You don't want to live with I me for four times two night. weeks. Yeah, in my t-shirt. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So no matter how I looked at it, it was just, it's, it's that weirdness. And it's even, like I said, when I bartended, one of the bartenders used to want to take pictures with all the celebrities that came in. And I thought... This is their. This should be their safe haven. Mm-hmm. Back when I worked for Disney on Ice, oh my God, I'll never forget. Steven Tyler was in the audience, and the people who worked for us were going up and bothering him during the show. And I'm like, leave him alone. Good no no. Leave him alone. And we finally, we I think we escorted him in the back. That was like 20 years ago. I can't quite remember, but it was one of those where you thought, wow. All right. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely you definitely want to treat them differently. So any, uh, I mean, just for anybody that's out there that maybe bumps into a celebrity uh, or, or something. I mean, do you have any words of wisdom or anything that you can pass on? I mean, maybe you know they're walking in the neighborhood and a basketball player moves in and they need a dog walk. You know, people probably panic right away and they're like, oh my god, right? And they're thinking about the celebrity. One of the great tips you said: introduce yourself. You know, be a, be a human. And you just, do you start talking about the dog or I mean, do you even, I don't push my business on anybody. So when I meet people in the street and they have a dog, I just talk to them about their dog because that's what I do. I love dogs, but I never say what I do. And then at the end of the conversation, if it comes up, I'll say it. And they're like, well, oh, you didn't tell me. And I said, because normally when I tell people and they already have a dog walker or a pet sitter, they'll say to me, oh, I already have one. And then they don't want to talk to me anymore. Or if I say I do dog training, then they get nervous and think I'm trying to sell them dog training. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do none of it because they're either going to find me if they need me. If they have somebody, I don't want the job. So I don't even say what I do half the time when I'm out there unless it comes up. And then one day I was talking to a girl for about 45 minutes. She had two dogs. I had two dogs. And we were talking about the dogs as they were our own. And at the end of the conversation, I said, well, I'm really the dog walker. And she goes, oh, my God, so am I. Same thing. We didn't want to tell each other yeah. because people tend to run away from you at that moment. They yeah. don't want to talk to you anymore because they think you're trying to sell them. I'm really not. Yeah. You know, when, if you need me, you'll find me. Yeah. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. And that's how I run my business. And I'm probably always going to run it like that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. How will uh, people find you? What, uh, what What's going on? Do you want people to find you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, find me. Ask me questions. Okay. I'm always... I love talking to people. Wonderful. Um, You know, my Facebook. It's my Facebook. That's how I communicate. I'm I'm a big presence on Facebook, as you know. Okay. As my friend, you know totally. that. Totally, yep. Yeah. Um, we met. Instant yeah, Messenger. Yep. Gary invited me out for sushi, and I thought, oh, God, who's this kook that wants to take me to lunch? This was years ago, just so you know. Yes, and I <laughs> did some research on him before I even said I'd go. And she still went. And then he was from Jersey. I'm from Jersey. It all worked. I was like, he's got to be cool. He's from Jersey. And he bought nine sushi rolls the first day we went out, and I knew I loved him <laughs> at that moment because he liked to eat. <laughs> That's me. But if you want to find me, I have a big presence on Facebook. I'm not just dog on Facebook. It's not all dog. I do a lot of inspirational stuff. Um, I'm a huge music fan. I sing part-time in a band, kind of, sort of. And I'm not really a singer, but I'm having fun and conquering fears. That's awesome. However, that's how you find me. Write to me. Don't be afraid. I love to talk to people. 
Wonderful. Tina Madden. That's it. And you'll find me because, I mean, it's either going to be a sunset, a rock and roll picture, or a dog. I can attest to the sunsets. Many a sunset. Many. Beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, everyone.